inventing a whole new position on the court, increasing the chances for a team to score, and where the ball can come into play. All new rules as volleyball developed in Alberta. We'll find out what the top five rule changes were, plus how and why they were implemented on this episode of Voices of Alberta Volleyball a 10-part podcast series exploring how volleyball grew to become a popular sport, who contributed to its success, and the challenges overcome along the way. To tell the story, we're hearing from local pioneers in the sport, people who lived and loved volleyball to its place today in schools, on beaches, and at sporting events. Episode 5, Changing the Rules. Back in the late 1800s, when the sport of volleyball was invented, the rules were pretty basic. Heck, the very first games of volleyball were at the YMCA in Massachusetts, USA, using a bladder from inside a basketball and a long tennis net to toss it over. Since then, the rules have grown and evolved a lot. The International Volleyball Federation, or FIVB, is in charge of refining the game's rules worldwide. Good morning. Hello, Harold. Hi, how are you? Locally, Harold Morey, a seasoned and respected volleyball official, watched the evolution of the rules firsthand right here in Alberta. He's going to count down the top five rule changes in the early days of the sport here in the province. Rule change one, the block, not a hit, originally. When the ball came to your side of the net, you had three hits to hit the ball back over the net. And if there were players up at the front of the net trying to block the ball and they touched it, then that counted as one of the three permitted hits for their side. You hardly had a chance to defend yourself. This rule changed in 1984. It made it possible for players to jump up and try to block the ball coming over the net but not lose one of their three hits in the process. With the rule change, if the blockers did touch the ball, but it still managed to come over to their side, the touch wasn't counted towards their three permitted contacts. Not having to waste that one hit on the block as being one of the three hits. Also because when the attack came down, if you knew that the block was gonna be one of the hits, well, you wouldn't set up the block and you would try and make a defense because that one hit was gonna be wasted already and you needed your three hits to get the ball set up for your, you know, for your attack. Then in 1994, what players could hit with was revised too. Instead of arms and hands only, the ball could be played off of any part of the body, including the feet. This really helped the defense. Rule change two, rally point. Before rally point came in, your team could only get a point when your team served. A team couldn't score unless they actually served the ball. So without having the serve, if it contacted the floor within the lines of the court on the opponent's side or an error was made, it was just a loss of serve, not an actual point. This loss of serve is known as a side out. This meant finishing a best of five sets with all sets going up to 15 points took a while. The game was really drawn out because you could only score when your team served. That made the game much longer because you could go for five, ten minutes without anybody getting any points and you would have to serve, then they'd get served. They'd get served, you'd get served, back and forth, and no points are scored. And so it could be 0-0 after half an hour. This happened one time in particular. 
It was at the 1976 Olympics in Montreal, Quebec, when Poland and the USSR went head-to-head -head in the men's gold medal volleyball final. The game went on for not one, not two, but more than three hours. The face-off started at 8 p.m. in the Montreal Forum, but it didn't finish until close to 11.30 that night. This extremely long match was being televised, and as it went longer and longer and longer, it preempted the national television newscast. That was not planned for, but when the match went for a full five sets, the cameras kept rolling. The news eventually aired. That's after Poland came out victorious. Following these Olympics, the FIVB had many discussions about what to do. Then, in 1988, they introduced Rally Point, but only for the fifth set. Rally Point really came in to help shorten the game up and probably for television purposes too, to, so that they can get the game in done within an hour, hour and a half or so. The first four sets were regular volleyball, side-out volleyball. But if and when it went to a tie-breaking fifth set, then it was rally point, up to 15 points. Many people initially called it the ping-pong rule because it made scoring and play really pick up speed and bounce back and forth between the two teams. But it wasn't until 10 years later, in 1998, that all the sets became rally point. The first four up to 25 points, and then the fifth only goes up to 15 points. Rule change three, expanding the serving area. Initially, the volleyball could only enter into play from a very particular spot on the court. It was a, a three meter area from the left side of the court, three meters to the right of the end line there, that you had to serve within that. But then in 1994, the service area was extended to the entire end line, all nine meters of it. Now changing it to the whole end line, the whole width of the court, the server can go to either end or serve from the middle, so it could serve it right down either line or into the middle. So it gave much more options for the server to put the ball into play into the other side. It also meant the defense needed to be on their toes. Because if you're from a restricted area, they know, the defensive team knows that you're only serving from that area, so they can very well set their defense up for the ball coming to certain places you couldn't get the ball to, whereas if you open the serving area up, and that way that opens up the offense more, you can have more of an offensive attack on your serve. Rule change four, adding the libero. Prior to the libero coming in, every player had to go through the rotation. The rotation consists of six different positions. Six players on the court, six different positions. Each has a number. Player in the serving spot is number one and then number two goes up to the right hand corner called the power hitter probably and then number three is the middle player and number four is on the left hand side two three four players are all front row players number five player is in the back left hand corner and number six is the back middle player five six one are back row players once you're in the back row you cannot go into the front row block the ball or attack the ball Players, tall and not so tall, rotated through all the positions, which could be a bit of a problem. The spike of the attacking team would spike where that short player were, or the shorter players were in the front row, because they, of course, are not jumping as high as a six foot six person. And if you're a five foot eight or a six foot person right now, you were at a disadvantage. 
1998, a new position was introduced, a specialized defensive player called the libero. Having brought in the libero, you have room for a person that was not as tall because the libero does not go into the front row to block. So that person, the shorter person, had a place to play in the game, which I thought was good. I mean, it's not going to be all giants now anymore. You could still have that libero that's, you know, under six foot two or six foot three. He's the one that's going to handle that first ball when it comes over the net because he's a specialist back there. You can always tell who the libero is on the court because they wear a different colored jersey than the rest of their teammates. Plus, they can't block or attack the ball when it's above the height of the net. Rule change five. The serve can hit the net. Prior to 2001, any hard serve coming over the net, if it touched the net, it was called a net fall. You would lose the serve. Because with the jump serve, the ball is coming so fast that it's very hard to distinguish whether the ball touched the net or not. You might just have a little teeny touch, and defense team say, touch the net, touch the net. So the rule was altered. Instead of play stopping when a ball skimmed the top of the net when it was served, play could continue. No call necessary. So now that takes the onus off the referee. He doesn't have to worry about that because if it touches it, it doesn't matter because it's in play. It's a legal hit now. So that, to me, was one thing that referee really uh, were thankful that came in because they didn't have to worry about that anymore. And teams would argue, that touched the net and the other team that served. No, it didn't. That, that cleared that up very quickly. Harold Morey, longtime volleyball official, recalling the five major rule changes that took place during the sport's early development in Alberta. Even up to present day, the rules of the game continue to evolve, all in the hopes of helping to foster the game and encourage the people who play it. The evolution of the rules of volleyball is just one of the 10 stories being explored on the Voices of Alberta Volleyball podcast. Music featured on this episode was by Chris Zabriskie, the piece Air Hockey Saloon. We also heard the Heftone Banjo Orchestra and their piece Dill Pickles. Next time, find out when Canada got its first national volleyball team and how Alberta contributed to it in a major way. The Volleyball Alberta History Project is generously supported by the Alberta Historical Resources Foundation and the Alberta Lottery Fund. A special thanks to Joelle Reiniger for getting this project started, conducting the interviews and compiling the history which this podcast is based on. Thanks for listening to the Voices of Alberta Volleyball, presented by the Provincial Sport Association, Volleyball Alberta. <laughs>